0: That's what I think is kind of what pushes me in all my creativity is like, what is this gonna, what, what is this gonna tell people? Like, what do we care about?
1: Welcome to The Compassionate Creative, the podcast that shares the stories of creative leaders who work to pave a path forward in their industries and do so with compassion, authenticity, and integrity. I'm your host, Charlene Dinger a fellow creative who is inspired by artists and innovators that push their work forward from a place of compassion. I hope you join me on this journey. Stay curious, listen with an open heart and mind, and hopefully we will all find some inspiration along the way. Hello, and welcome back to my wonderful and lovely listener. I'm so happy that you're here with me once again for episode eight. I've really been enjoying putting these podcasts out, and I hope that you have been enjoying them as well. So today, my guest is Crystal Finn Dunn. She is the creator of Aura Glow Skin, and she's also the artistic director of Flow Her Collective. And in today's episode, we get into what the inspiration was behind her environmentally friendly skincare line. We also talk about the importance of women's voices in the arts, and she also shares with me why cultivating a sense of care for others, for herself, and for our ecosystems is a big driving force behind all of the work that she does. So this was a really great conversation. I'm excited to share it with you, and let's get right into it. Here we go with Crystal Finn Dunn. Hi, Crystal. Welcome.
0: Hi, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for being here and for agreeing to come on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time and your energy, and I'm so happy to have you here. How have you shown yourself compassion today?
0: Um, I guess today would just be starting my morning very relaxed. Um, and I think I like to approach all my days like this. Hmm. Instead of waking up and having like a set timeline, like, 8 a.m. I'm going to wake up and eat or do Mm -hmm. like a few movement exercises. But instead, I'm like, no, I'll probably wake up and maybe I'll lie in bed for like 20 minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And then I'll probably get up. I honestly like to wash my face right away when I wake up and Mm -hmm. just like get that out of the way. And that's what wakes me up for my day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll usually head downstairs and like start. I usually I like to eat right away Mm -hmm. just because then it kind of sets me up that I can get in at least like two small meals before I go to usually teach in the evening around mm-hmm. four PM because it's kind of that weird time. Yes. You're teaching from like four to ten. I, mean, yes. I you're well aware. And then oftentimes I get home around ten PM or sometimes after mm-hmm. and I'm starving mm-hmm. because <laughs> because yep. I only had one meal because I, I waited so long to right. eat. So Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think by doing that I I try to show myself compassion and Mm -hmm. then even in my ventures like every day I wake up and I check um, my business page Mm -hmm. and then I try to see like what are my insights like where can I improve and um, yeah and just Mm -hmm. do that
1: just like spending time with yourself really and and just connecting to yourself and kind of setting yourself up for for the day and and I think I think it's you know I think it's really true especially for for entrepreneurs and and for artists in particular that might not necessarily have you know a set schedule every day or you're kind of setting up your own schedule Mm -hmm. Um, it changes and it varies from day to day or you might be you know you might be teaching late at the studios and and you have your morning free and that's kind of the time that you you can spend with yourself rather than vice versa if you're working a, a nine to five and some people kind of have their evenings as their time for their self care yeah, and, and spending time exactly with themselves. It. So I think, I think it's just, it's just, you know, knowing that it's, it's okay that not everyone's day looks every looks, looks exactly the it looks same. Looks identical, Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and even within your own, within your own schedule or within your, your own week or month, like your day to day might look completely different. And I think that's kind of wonderful. Like, you know, Mm. we're human beings and, and we have to be able to evolve and, and adapt. And I think, I think change is, is nice too. Yeah.
0: And I was even saying like last night after I come home from teaching and it was like 11 PM Mm -hmm. and I had to like eat late because I was hungry after Mm -hmm. like, it's so hard. Like, what can you do? Right. Yeah. So, um, And I remember like mentioning like to my friend and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel so unproductive right now. Mm -hmm. But it's so weird because even though I literally worked all day, Mm -hmm. like even my time alone with myself in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I go to work and then I come home and I was like, it feels so weird to like sit on the couch and watch TV some nights, Mm -hmm. even though it's almost it's like 11 p.m. or close to midnight. And I'm like, it's so weird. But I don't know. It's that like you mentioned, it's kind of like that entrepreneur or like the art, the artistic mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're kind of always on the go. Mentally. For sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you just, you just mentioned that, that feeling of um, not, not being productive, I think is something that will really resonate with a lot of a lot of creatives that, that will be mm. listening. Um, cause I think that we all kind of fall into, into that space where, again, we, we are sort of the drive behind our creation process, obviously, and, yes. you know, doing all of the things and making all of the things, creating the things and we're really hard on ourselves. I think when we do feel unproductive or when we do mm-hmm. sort of get ourselves into that mindset. So, yeah. um, kind of going with that, how, when you do get yourself into, into those situations where, you know, you might be feeling stagnant or, you know, you're, you're sort of doubting yourself, um, within Mm -hmm. those creative processes in those times of self-doubt or in those times of, you know, I feel like I'm not doing anything or I feel like I'm not doing enough. How do you still then continue to show yourself compassion while, you know, continuing with the creative process.
0: Right. Um, I think it's just understanding that we know creation brings on self-doubt. Mm. And that we have to understand that it's part of a healthy part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um and that was something over this quarantine too, I, I took a course on um like the basically motivation and happiness and and positive psychology and Amazing. just an online course just for myself. Yes. And It ended up being so true to everything that's currently going on. Like, Mm -hmm. it's always true, but it was so much about... We're always so worried about all the extrinsic, like, motivators and everything that makes us happy that's, like, material, our job, our salary, Mm -hmm. our internships, like, how much we're giving back, um, Mm -hmm. like, to charity and things like that. Mm -hmm. And those aren't the things that are bringing us joy. It's usually the smaller things, like the time you spend with yourself, the time you spend with family. Um, Yeah. And I think understanding all of that kind of helped me, like whenever I have self-doubt, I'm like, this is okay. This is part of the process. Absolutely. If you don't have self-doubt, then you can't come out of it. You can, you have to like experience the lows, I think, to experience the high point of your creative process. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm creating and I'm like, oh my gosh, I really don't like what I just did. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then usually I'll kind of let it sit for a day and I'll come back to it or even a few days and I'll work on it again, whatever I'm working on. If I'm like creating a piece of choreography Mm -hmm. or, um, writing out like even an email template. Right. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I really do not like the look of this. So I'll just come back to it. Yeah. And then you have a fresher mindset and you can just, understand that that was just part of the process for you to come out of it and grow and make something a little bit better.
1: For sure. For sure. And kind of stepping back from it too, I think, um, being able to give yourself that space from it sometimes and Mm -hmm. stepping back, taking a little break from it, looking at it from a different perspective. um, Yeah. And, and just exactly just telling yourself and reminding yourself, this is, this is part of the process. And, and it's only going to make me stronger and it's only going to make me better and push myself more that's how that's how i always kind of feel when i when i yeah. take a little bit of a step back from it and you're not so kind of integrated into it all the time
0: exactly yeah. yeah you have to otherwise it just takes over mm-hmm. your whole being like you can't think of anything else if you're always like focused on that one thing or whatever's bothering you
1: right so- Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's a really good way of looking at it, I think. So you have just created this new business. It's called Aura Glow Skin. Yeah. And... I'm so excited for you. I know that this has been something that I think has kind of been on the on the back burner for a little while as far as Mm -hmm. as far as I know anyways, but I feel like it's kind of been brewing. And, you know, based on what I've seen, it seems like you've sort of been creating your own skincare and you've been using your own products for a while. And now you've kind of packaged it up and why don't you tell us a little bit about your new business venture
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I guess I've always been into skincare ever since, you know, going to competitions since we're 8 years old mm. and end up and you always uh re- learning makeup and for so long, you know, mm-hmm. your, mo- your mom is doing your makeup for you and I remember when I like crossed the threshold over to when I started doing my own makeup. And it was so sad for me too, because I know obviously for your mom, that's like her rite of passage hmm. and getting you ready. And then I, w- I remember when I started doing it myself, and I was like, I honestly miss my mom doing this because I could just Aww. sit there at 6 a.m. and yep. for her to just like, okay, <laughs> sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do my face, and like my eyes are closed. Yeah. Like, ha- yeah. Still yeah. sleeping on the edge of the bathtub in the yeah. hotel. Or like, so and uh, yeah. And once I, I don't know. It was probably like 13. Yeah. 14. obviously I just started taking over and, and then you just start taking care of your skin at the same time. And, Mm -hmm. um, like every night after a long day, and that's just obviously a form of self care, but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: something we should consider is like understanding what our skin needs, not just our face, but external factors, like your body, it's not just about it's like it's a holistic journey right so mm-hmm. everything on the external part of us is just as important as all the internal work we do and i think all from that it helped me to really like foster more of this appreciation for skincare and ever since i yeah i started making my own products and my family's always been about supporting local businesses and small businesses and my sister has very much guided my pathway into that. And she's Mm. very much like lived a very holistic life. And um, for me, that's kind of some of my inspiration is from Mm -hmm. her. And um, she's always told me about uh, like aromatherapy and how you can use different types of oils and everything to heal. And it's so true. You really can. Not everything has to be a pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. based product for it to actually be effective for you. Mm -hmm. So Anyhow, yeah, I started really researching and dabbling in, in skincare over the past two years, and um, just getting more educated myself and involved in what products are out there, what people like, what is kind of up and coming, like for trends in skincare, and mm-hmm. which there are so many all the time. Like, obviously, it's a very saturated field,
1: mm.
0: um, so it's just about being different so I wanted to release a plant-based natural skincare line that is still effective so I really tried to source highly effective and organic as possible ingredients and I get them from distributors like directly in Toronto Cool. Um, and they source their products from around the world so it doesn't like I don't have to contact Ghana and get their fair trade right oil or butter like so a lot of it is fair trade which is great like these companies they actually work to pay the workers and you really find out where all the production happens for Mm -hmm. all of your products so that was really important to me amazing because oftentimes we don't know where all our, our ingredients are coming from right And we always think about food, and we always are so concerned like, where's our food coming from? And is it Canadian? Is this being shipped from Brazil? Mm -hmm. Is it organic? And I think people should have the same approach to almost every ingredient or product they put in or on their body. So that sort of was another part of the inspiration for it. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to create a line that was still natural, but still looked, um, less like homemade or organic Mm -hmm. like type of vibe because there is a lot of of that out there too and Mm -hmm. they all kind of have a similar feel so I was like let me let me change this up and try and make it look more aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah yeah
1: the products look very really like luxe I find and the Mm. way that you're the way that you're presenting them they just look really they look very nourishing and, you know, like something that, that you would be really excited to put on your skin. So.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah,
1: I, I, I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. And I think that just the, the, the fact that, you know, you're, you're keeping it organic and you're really, you know, um, resourcing from, from local companies. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's also part of part of the compassion component because you know you're you're doing it with with intention it's not you know it's not just like okay well what what's trending right now and what you know what do I kind of have a bit of an interest in like it's something that is really really comes through with a lot of intention and with a lot of heart
0: that's the goal I hope Mm um yeah and obviously like I'm such a big advocate for being environmentally friendly so that was probably the biggest concern I had and not even using palm oils which just contributes to deforestation and, mm. and obviously understanding where the supply trade is coming from mm-hmm. and um, not having any plastic in my line apart from like a tiny little bit on the cap so mm-hmm. things that can be recycled or reused right so yeah
1: That's great. No, that's so great. I'm so glad that that you've started that. And I I wish you all the best with it. And I just I see it, you know, really flourishing and becoming something that everyone, everyone will be enjoying. So I want to ask you as well, you are the artistic director of Flow Her House Collective. Yes. And it is an all-female dance collective with mm-hmm. local artists from Toronto. Yeah. And I just love that, you know, the divine feminine is something that everyone needs in their life. And we all need to really be embracing that. So... Yep. I know that you are also a really big advocate for for women, for women in the arts, and my question for you is, you know, how how important is it for women to have their voices heard, especially in the arts, but just in general, you know, especially in these times that we're going through, how important are those voices in the world?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's what I had seen in the dance obviously more so the street dance community Mm -hmm. since it is a street dance collective and Mm -hmm. you don't see as many women um feeling confident enough to even step into a cypher or Mm -hmm. go to go to battles and actually sign up to battle and we often like Fight with ourselves for so long about doing it, and then we finally do it, and we're like, "Wow, it wasn't as bad as I thought." Right, <laughs> and it's always just that you know internal like push and pull, and I think that's what I had had witnessed in this in the community, and was just like, "We, there has to be a solution for this. Like, how can we have women come together, and especially in house dance, because mm. house, house dance is a very um, woman." saturated feel like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. women house dancers Mm -hmm. and oftentimes somehow they still don't get the recognition Mm. they deserve when it comes to getting into battles Mm -hmm. and being chosen just because their energy is different Mm. like our energy is softer than a a man that's going to come through and he could be putting down the same steps but with this really intense battle like energy Uh and Whereas the women, maybe she doesn't have that intention, but she's still killing it. But mm-hmm. because of that, the the change in energy, she's not going to be, you know, considered the same. So mm-hmm. obviously we see that every single day in, in everything. Right. Um, and I think it's so important now with everything going on in the world that people see we need women as leaders. Mm-hmm. The countries that are thriving that have women as leaders are thriving. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, people mm-hmm. are opening their minds to this. I think, and
1: yeah,
0: it's sad that even in 2020 we have to fight for women to have equal rights and equal opportunity. Like totally. we we thought we did, mm-hmm. but there's always something there where you know we have the the lower end of the the bargain. But. Yeah. So yeah, with with Floher, it was just seeing that and trying to find a solution for it. And I had some already really close friends that I thought were really dope at house stands and that we could. Come together and and create together, and I wanted our goal not just to be a focus on battles. We can take street dance to be considered as a theatrical style, Mm -hmm. and that now we're seeing it more and more with shows like Breaking Convention, right? um, And even if you go to Summer Dance Forever, they put on the theater portion of it. And Mm -hmm. if you're not going out and experiencing those events, people don't see street dance in that light. They Mm -hmm. mostly see it as just what it is battles, training, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So my goal was to try and show street dance as uh, this theatrical thing that we can see, just like we see contemporary dance, right? right? And just being like in the Western world, how, you know, classical and contemporary styles are viewed much differently than street styles. Mm -hmm. So, and now you see a little bit like a little more collectives coming forward and starting to put out theater work and building work for stage and performances, which is, I love it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is, this is exactly what we should be seeing more variety in the types of dance that we view Mm -hmm. and and pay and pay to watch.
1: Yes. Yes. Like
0: people don't ever want to pay street dancers because they think they're not formally trained. Right. But if any, any street dancer you talk to who Mm -hmm. is talented has probably been doing this for 10 plus years. For sure. As a collective, you know when you
1: when you are working together. I'm sure that there might be times of of um, conflict as well in within those times of yeah. of you know creation and and putting something really positive out. So just you know, what, what is that like when you, when you all step into a space together and you're creating, what right. is that energy? Like, what is that vibe? Like, what, what do you try to cultivate when you're, when you're creating together?
0: Honestly, I think your, your podcast embodies it all, but truly mm. we have so much compassion oh, for yeah. and, and respect for each other. Great. We have not had a single conflict or argument. Ever, it's almost been three years. Wow. Um. Yeah, we've never butted heads on anything. Mm -hmm. We totally, and maybe that's from having all women in the room. I don't know, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: we have a a certain sense of compassion when we come to rehearsals because some days could be your worst day ever. Mm -hmm. We've had between the four of us, and we've um. I've also had other ladies come in from just outside that have asked to like be a part of our pieces and it's still the same thing whether it's the four of us whether it's adding in other women the vibe has never changed Mm -hmm. or when we held our summer sessions it was the same energy because women just know that this is a supportive environment so Mm -hmm. however you're coming to the rehearsal or the session that day it's totally valid Mm -hmm. and we've had days where people have come in and they're going through a breakup. And sometimes we don't rehearse for the whole two hours and we just sit and talk. Right. <laughs> and um, yeah, and we go through emotions and someone's crying and, mm-hmm. and you have to like understand that. So in that sense, it's nice because we still have a friendship there and I didn't want to consider it all business. Right. I still wanted to be able to lead with intention that, We still care about each other. It's not Mm -hmm. all like, this is our job, this is our task. Yeah. If we miss two hours of a rehearsal because we were dealing with other issues, we can always gain it back the next time.
1: Right, right. So
0: I think by connecting with each other, it's really helped our pieces and it's helped us to not have that conflict. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: I just, I really admire being in a room full of women because they always uplift each other, especially in the artistic community. (laughs)
1: You mentioned that that family is, is really important to you. And um, I believe you have a little a little nephew,
0: is it? Yeah, yeah. I have three, three nephews. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> how does your family and having those really strong family ties, how does that kind of help you with, with your creative process?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, my nephews, they're like my children. Hmm. You know, I'm always like, if I never have kids, they're my kids. Right. So- <laughs> Quarantine was such a blessing for me Mm. just because it like it opens everyone's eyes, of course. But one thing that I mentioned earlier, right, is like something that actually sparks happiness for us is is spending time with family. Mm -hmm. So if you're not putting that into your schedule, like, you know, things start to feel a little mundane. So, yeah, I mean, having the downtime with them allows you to actually relax and step away from your work like I do not touch my phone at all when I go home I just leave it for the day like up in my room or wherever still in my bag and I don't touch it Mm -hmm. and that way I'm actually able to like connect with the people around me and not just you know worry about business and worry about what I'm doing next right yeah for that obviously that's that fosters so much joy for me and um yeah, that's that's kind of part of using your external motivation right. and using the the environment around you to mm-hmm. fo- to foster your creativity, mm-hmm. um, which I sort of like mentioned before too. It comes not only intrinsically, but everything that we have around us. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think knowing that you have that support too, and just, it's it's almost like a, like a place of escape from anything. Right. And it kind Absolutely. of grounds you and like, just brings you back to, to the reality that, okay, you know, while I might be going through my own stuff with my creative process or whatever it might be, if you've hit a roadblock or, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to kind of get new ideas or you're trying to put yourself out there. It's like, Mm -hmm. I always find that that family is just the thing that keeps me grounded and just keeps me tied to that reality of knowing like, it's not all about me. It's not all about what I am doing. Yeah. Like, you know, this is what is real, you know, spending time with my family, having those connections, I think is, is what kind of, for me anyways, it keeps my feet on the ground. And I think that that helps to stay connected so that you can therefore put more of your your more of your authentic self out there through your work so exactly I love that you have a really strong bond with your family because I I do as well and I think you know we're really lucky in that way that we do have have
0: those close relationships like you said it's not all about you so right yeah you can be worrying about all these things yeah I'm so busy but yes not you can make time you can you you can and it's on it's gonna help you for the long run because you're gonna feel happier when you return to your busy life that you're like wow I actually needed that break so yeah
1: yeah for sure for sure
0: what I really live by and this is something I took from one of my fourth year profs in psychology I, Mm. I took both dance and psychology and
1: amazing
0: um I'm so glad I did, because having the the logical aspect with the creative aspect, that's what really gives you like the whole body approach to all of your work. And Mm. something she left me with in my last year, and it was like a therapy course and how to apply techniques to actual therapy and counseling. And it was Mm. to be 100 percent with whatever you're experiencing. And maybe it sounds super cheesy, but it's it's so true. And I literally I live by this to this Mm, day. It's just mm -hmm. like whatever I'm feeling, if today is not the day for me to do this, then who cares? Mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that. And today I'm going to be doing 100 things, then great. And if I'm feeling exhausted, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I know I'm going to come out happy just like it yes. just it creates it just sparks joy just doing the things you love and knowing that you can give yourself the the compassion and the leeway to just be 100 percent with whatever it is
1: totally I love yeah. that I love that yeah what do you wish to cultivate and nourish through your creativity
0: uh, I just hope to cultivate a sense of care I think mm. for for others um For myself and for others, I mean, you know, the collaborators I'm working with Mm -hmm. or um, for the audience watching or that's going to be receiving something from me Mm -hmm. or um, a sense of care for our ecosystems around us. Not like our ecosystem, you know, is our whole friends, family Mm -hmm. environment, Mm -hmm. all the factors around us. And um, that's what I think is kind of what pushes me in all my creativity is like, what is this going to? What, what is this going to tell people? Like, what do we care about? Mm -hmm. What is this, you know, demonstrating to other people in that sense? So, um, and I just hope to also provide opportunities for myself and and for others, because no one is going to give you opportunities if you're not able to create them for yourself.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's lovely. I love that. I love that message. And, um, and again, I think it says a lot about you and and the amount of care that you are putting into your work. And so I'm sure people are going to feel that whether it's a piece that you're presenting, or whether it's, you know, a product that they get from you, I'm sure that that love and that care that you put into all of your work is going to be felt.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for giving your time and your energy and for sharing your experiences and your stories today on the podcast. I so appreciate you. And I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to, to chat with you and get to know you a little bit more.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this.
1: What a wonderful conversation that was with Crystal. I really, really enjoyed that. I do hope that you were able to get something out of that episode as well. So I have to thank you again, my wonderful, my beautiful listener. I'm so grateful every time you choose to show up and spend some time with me. If you do have time, I would really, really be grateful if you could leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe and share the podcast. I can't wait to reconnect with you once again. I will see you very soon in episode nine.